On the Record with White House Correspondent April Ryan. Secretary Lonnie Bunch, hello, how are you? I am spectacular. Happy Black History Month. It's one of my favorite times of year. Why? Because it really is a time when Americans get to focus their attention on the richness of black culture and to understand in profound ways how regardless of who they are, they are shaped by this experience. And I love to be able to talk about that every month, but especially during this month. And see, that's what... I'm talking about every month, every day. Black history is part of every day. It's part of our life. And we kind of designate it for this one month of of the year. And I say black history is every day. And, you know, as a kid growing up, my mother used to always regale me about April. Who made the traffic light? April. Who made the gas mask? Yeah, yeah. All the time. And then if we were sitting at the table and we were eating peanuts, how many uses of there are a pain of a peanut? And I'm like, oh my gosh. And then if we would talk about blood plasma, Charles Drew. It's not relegated. Yeah, you know, it's not relegated to one month a year, in my opinion. But happy black history nonetheless. (laughs) But you know what I think? I think you're right. I think the key here is to sort of, it's like loving your family. You love your family every day. That's right. But then there are other days, like it's Christmas, where we do something a little extra. So for me, Black History Month is doing something a little extra. Um, because it really is a story that should be in the media, on television, in the schools, every day. So, and, and, and we're talking about Black History because, one, you're historic of yourself just um, just for yourself because you are the first african-american to ever be secretary of the smithsonian but you were also the man who put together the beautiful museum that we now have to run to it's it's a part of us uh you created our history for the world to see the african-american history museum at the smithsonian and we're talking about black history what comes to mind with that project, your baby, when we talk about black history? Well, I think you put your finger on it, that now that that museum is on the National Mall in Washington, it means that as long as there's an America, people will have an opportunity to engage that story, to see it not as an ancillary story, but as the quintessential American story. And when I drive by the building, I find myself getting emotional because it's not a building of bricks and stone and steel and glass. It's a building of memories. It's a building of honoring all these people who got mistreated, got neglected, were forgotten by history. Now, even though I don't know their names, that museum is singing out their names. Wow. So, and that that museum was yesterday. It's today and it's tomorrow. I can't help but think about um, some of the items that are in the museum. And I'm thinking about like the displays of the 70s um, old TV shows like Good Times and the Jeffersons. And I think about Janet Du Bois, um, who just passed. And, you know, yeah. she was part of Good Times and that's in the museum. But I'm also thinking about current day, uh, current day events, uh, current events like, you know, leading the lead into uh, the primaries in Nevada and South Carolina. And I can't help but think about that as well during this Black History Month as issues of minority America are on the table. What should we remember 
as we look to this 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 season, this this election season? I think we should remember several things. First of all, we should remember that so many African Americans struggled and died to get the right to vote, that anybody who can vote should vote. Um, We should really use this as a season to remember why it's important to vote. Um, But then I think it's important to realize that when you go through the museum, what you see is that America changes only because people demand that it change, only because people vote, protest, confront, build businesses. So what you take at this time is that this is a tough time, but I think history tells us if we work well together, if we really protest and put our ideas together, we can help America live up to its stated ideals. And and another thing that really gets me, um, and some of what's in the museum, uh, you have pictures of lynchings, you have Emmett Till's casket, and do you know today, I mean, we talk about the lynchings of yesterday, but do you know today we still don't have any federal anti-lynching laws? Fannie, Fannie Lou Hamer was sick and tired of being sick and tired over lynchings. And, and you had a whole lot of other people who were pushing against lynchings. But go ahead. One of the things, I think the thing that's really very powerful is that African-Americans demanded things, and often they didn't get them. Um, A federal anti-lynching law was so important. Um, But I think what African-Americans and their allies did is said, okay, we can't get a law, so we're going to use the NAACP to bring light and use the Crisis Magazine to say, here's what has happened in you know Mississippi or Alabama. So we have to be nimble because we've always been nimble, but I do think that it's crucially important that African-American History Month is more than anything else, it's a clarion call to remember, to inspire, and to make change. Huh. So with that clarion call uh, in 2020, um, as we look forward, you know, we continue to say we shall overcome or sing the song. Is there an overcoming? I mean, just from looking back at history, being the curator of history, the nation's history, even world history. Um, are we overcoming? Do you see a day that we will overcome? We will never get to the promised land. (laughs) That's just not going to happen. But I think what we will do is continue to build bridges, create alliances that get us closer to that, um, because we're better today in some ways than we were when I was born, and in other ways, we're worse off. So the key is to recognize that the price of equality is ever vigilance and ever struggle. So, tell us how it's been in your new position. You've been in it for a few months now, and you've been at the White House presenting uh, a flag, an American flag. Uh, you've been you've been around the world speaking. You've been in this lofty perch for a few months now. How's it been? It's only been a few months. Seems like it's been a few years. But <laughs> I, I, I think that for me, the Smithsonian is this amazing place that is full of wonder, um, of education, of science, of history, and it's really part of the glue that holds a country together. So I feel very humbled to be in this position. 
it's not easy. But then again, to be able to be at a place that can make a country better through the work it does means that it's worth all the struggles we have. Huh. And I want to ask you this. Do you think that America really got it when people were talking about 1619? Because it didn't rise to the occasion like I thought it would have. Well, it's interesting you should say that. I, I was really struck that, on the one hand, there was a lot of attention suddenly paid to 1619 and the origins of slavery. Um, but what didn't happen, two things happened. One is that, you know, it did what all good history does, lead to debate. Some historians thought it should have been this, some historians thought it should have been that, but it really didn't make the connection where I wanted it to, which was for I wanted all people who engaged in the 1619 story to realize that that was their story and not just the story of enslavement. Because I think in some ways the challenge is to help African Americans not be embarrassed by their enslaved ancestors and to help non-African Americans recognize that this is a story that shaped their lives, their economic opportunity, their social and political advancement, all was built on the backs of the enslaved. But what I think 1619 did, it put on the table for some who paid attention, who were open to the idea of embracing and accepting that 1619 was not a myth but reality I think especially for some of these presidential candidates and some of these congressional leaders they're talking about reparations now would it be a payout we don't know but they're still at least talking about the issue of repairing a wrong uh, and that was slavery in America with the documentation of the first slaves coming to this country in 1619 well, it's really important. I think you're right. I mean, I think what this did is it shone a light on one of the darkest corners of the American experience. And I think that's, as you said, that's tapped some people to think about what this means. What does it mean in terms of the past, but also what does it mean towards the future? So for that, I think it was a very positive gesture. Hmm. Anything else you'd like to add? Oh, yeah, you got a new book. How's the book doing? <laughs> the book is doing well. I've been around the country, and what's been fascinating to me, yesterday I was down in Atlanta doing something in Morehouse, and these college kids came up to me and sort of hugged me to thank me for my efforts. So you realize that what this was was more than a museum. It was really about allowing a large segment of America to see itself in new light in a different way and that's exciting to me huh. anything else you'd like to add Lonnie Bunch secretary Lonnie Bunch <laughs> uh, <laughs> other than the key for me about black history is I take the inspiration every day of Booker T. Washington or enslaved women whose name I don't know so for me black history month's an opportunity to remember but it's an opportunity to be made better by recognizing on whose shoulders I stand Amen. That was a very secreta secretarial thing to say. Um, <laughs> it's a very lofty, <laughs> very lofty word of wisdom. <laughs> See, not bad for a boy born in Newark, huh? <laughs> How about that? Not bad for a girl from Baltimore. Secretary That's Bunch. That's right, there it is. <laughs>
<laughs> I think you're awesome. And thank you for reflecting on black history because you're a black history. You are someone we lift up because you helped us and the world see us and our pain and struggle. But to also at the end, celebrate us. We celebrate our struggle because we are the strongest that survived. That's true. Thank you for those kind words. It means a lot to me. With this week's On the Record, I'm AURN White House correspondent April Ryan. Don't forget to subscribe to On the Record on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or any other podcast directory. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star review. On the Record, a product of American Urban Radio Networks. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.